The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. How's that? How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> we, uh, we're, we're sex and other human activities. I'm Marcus Barnes. Jackie's a rascal. And we've been watching a lot of Norbit. Uh, <laughs> much against my will. I know this is not the show to talk about it on. However, uh, you know... Been watching a lot of Norbit clips. Yeah. <laughs> so if you really want to watch something that is a disaster, yeah. um, just something to brighten your day, look up the How You Dern compilation <laughs> from Norbit. Hey, you dern. Hey, you dern. Because that is the catchphrase of Rasputia, his fat girlfriend. It's the worst. The whole thing is the worst. We'll be talking about, definitely talking about this more on page I'm seven. I'm sorry. Right, we'll no, it, right it's, it's fine. I've been chomping at the bit to talk about how you dern hey, as well. you dern. But we'll have to wait until Monday for that. Okay. Yeah, today I do have something that I definitely that, that I want to talk about. Something that I've recently come upon. A new way of thinking about shit. Okay. Or at least a side way of thinking about shit that kind of builds on the rest of the way that I think about shit. Uh, I have recently in the last, I don't know, like a month and a half or so become single once more. Uh, and with that, when you have been in relationships as long as I have, because I was in pretty much two relationships in a row, uh, for about, yeah, I was in two relationships in a row. One was two and a half years. One was a year and a half. And they both came within about two weeks of each other, uh, between one breakup and another. So I have pretty much not been single in about four years. Yeah, it's been a bit. <laughs> welcome back. Thanks. I mean, I guess I can't welcome yeah, you, you. You've been in a relationship for eight. Not just nine. No, it's nine. <laughs> nine years. So uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, I yeah, so I'm now uh, I'm I'm alone again for the first time in a very long time. So I've had to kind of rework the way I do things. Uh, and when you're not in a relationship, when you're pretty much on your own, uh, partner-wise, because of course I'm not alone. I've still right. got a shitload of friends. Jackie, you've been helping me out a ton. During moments of freak out and during moments of weirdness and all that. Of course, I still have friends. But I still have to deal with my own shit on my own time. Well, I think it's, that's what we were talking about before. I, I find that the hardest part about being single is that time at night when you hit when you hit the bed, and usually that's that time when you're like, "Hey, you know, how you doing? Mm -hmm. How's your day? Like, what's going on in your head?" And I find that that's my that's one of my favorite times of day is laying in bed, just kind of shooting the shit before you fall asleep. Yeah, and that's a big missing part. It's a huge missing part, you know, like just the uh, the day recap, you mm -hmm. know, just like how you doing? What are you thinking about? You got something that's bothering you? You tell the other person about it. They tell you everything's gonna be okay, uh, and you're cool with it. You've kind of gotten it out. But when you're single. You don't have that. You're just there, and you have to deal with it in your own way. And since I wasn't really able to get like kind of a dialogue going with another person to kind of talk through uh, all the shit that was going on, and since it was also a very big change in my life, a couple of weeks ago, I had a little mini manic episode. Nothing happened. Nothing bad happened. I didn't make any dumb decisions. Uh, I didn't even get drunk or anything like that. Uh, but there was a little mini Matic episode that scared 
the fuck out of me. God, it scared me so bad. I even had to, what I was doing, I had to leave early. Uh, I had to get out of there and I had to go home and I had to text you. Be like, oh my God, what's going on? Oh no, I'm freaking out. What can I do? Uh, but you calmed me down and you, you totally, you absolutely uh, brought me back to the exact place that I needed to be. Uh, and then the next day, you know, I woke up, I wasn't feeling great, but I was still kind of going, I was kind of chugging along. And as the day progressed, I felt myself getting more and more manic again. Like I started to feel like I was starting to, I was talking, because when I get manic, what I do is it's the first sign of me in a manic state is the, my speech. When I talk, I'll kind of mumble aside because my, what I'm doing is that I'm, my, mind is moving so fast that I'm trying to convey to you everything that's going on in my head and failing because I'm not making much sense. Uh, and then eventually that just sort of pops out into a acting out, into acting out in a, a, a big destructive way. Eventually it gets there. Uh, but thankfully now I'm able to, to recognize those signs. Uh, the other thing that I start feeling is I start feeling electricity in my fingertips. Uh, is another sign that something's happening, that it start that things are about to go wrong. And I was starting to feel that again. And I kind of started to really compare what had happened the night before uh, when I had started to feel those sorts of feelings uh, as far as the electricity, the uh, speech goes. And I was starting to really look back on past manic episodes. Uh, what I found... When I started to uh, really examine what had happened in the past and what had happened that week, is I found that the switch came at night. That during the day, I'm usually fine. During the day, I'm usually able to control myself. It's at night that the manic switch usually happens. Well, I think that's also true for a lot of things. A lot of things worsen at night. Even colds worsen at night. Think Your fears worsen at night. Things. I think there's just something about being vulnerable as the day comes to the end that like you don't have to put on a show for other people anymore, that mm -hmm. you can finally be you, is when it starts to consume you. Yeah. And it, and it starts to speed up faster. Without a doubt. And then I started thinking about Castlevania too. Mm. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I see it. Yeah, yeah, no, you're getting in that castle. I know it's a hard video game, but that's about it. It's ridiculously hard. <laughs> it's a terribly hard video game, but it's one of my favorites. Uh, and what specifically what I started thinking about uh, is there is two parts of the game. There's the day part and there's the night part. The night part is harder. The night part is when all the ghouls come out and when all the enemies are a little bit stronger than they are during the daytime. And every time it changes from day to night, the whole game stops and just some text comes on screen and it says... You're gonna get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it says something a lot... I'm not saying it exact, but it says something along the lines of... What a terrible night for a curse. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, then the game, and then the music changes, and it gets faster, and the enemies are stronger, and there's more of them, and the game just generally gets a lot more difficult. And that's kind of what I started to think about 
my own shit that I'm dealing with is because you could see, uh, you could actually see, you know, the, the sort of like mental illness is both a blessing and a curse because it's something that you have to deal with for your entire life. It's just something that happens to you that every day it's a part of it. It's just a, battling that is a part of it. And it's like in Castlevania too. It never ends. <laughs> Every night is a terrible night for a curse. Why can't he just have a good night? Why can't it just be a fine night? He's just for sleeping a curse? under the stars. Yeah, he just he can forget about the curse for a bit. But although there are those nights, yeah. there are those nights you forget about the curse for a bit, man. Yeah. You're hanging out, you don't got to deal with it, and it's totally fine. But the way I started thinking about it is, at night, yeah. I might have to fight a little bit harder. I, I might have to eat a couple more chicken bones in order to get myself to where I need to be. Is that a Castlevania reference? It's a Castlevania I was reference. Hoping so. <laughs> it's like, you yeah. shouldn't be doing that, Marcus. Just eat the chicken, you throw away the bones. No, I eat a chicken bone. I'm not going to bowl. But that's uh, what I started thinking about is that, you know, is that. I might have to fight a little harder, but that means the days are a little bit easier. You know, the uh, the rest of life is like, yeah, there's still battles to be fought. There's still other things uh, that you have to deal with, but it makes the rest of it easier. Uh, and the more you're aware and the more that you concentrate, the better you're going to be at night. Uh, so it's kind of seen as a bit of a challenge uh, where I know at nighttime, I know things are going to get a little bit harder for me, especially now that I'm alone because I don't have anyone to check in on me. I don't have anybody uh, to say, hey, you all right? Is everything is everything going okay with you? You seem a little up. You seem a little up, down or, or you seem a little down. Either one. When I leave here, when I leave this studio at night, I'm going home to my room, you know, to be alone with my thoughts and my Diablo. <laughs> but I think it's good, though, that you're seeing this as a positive challenge. It is a very positive challenge. I'm absolutely seeing it as a positive challenge and something that I can use, you know, because like these... Yeah, because like I said earlier, it's a blessing and a curse. If I feel like I'm having these manic feelings and I feel like I'm starting to get uh, a little up, then I can channel those manic feelings. I can channel it into something positive, which is what I have been doing. Uh, because when I'm single, the ups and downs come a lot more because there's no, because I have to be my own rock. When you're in a relationship, you can kind of depend on someone else uh, to kind of pull. Not all the time, but not, at least to help. Not all the time, of course not. But that's also that's part of what being in a relationship is: is someone to watch out for you, or at least that's that should be part of what a relationship is. You watch out for each other. You ask each other what's going on. You you notice things that the other person might not notice, and you say, "Hey, maybe we should talk about this." Uh, but I have to do that on my own now. Uh, and I'm liking it. I'm actually en enjoying it. Like, I feel like for the first time, I'm able to handle being alone. Well, so I think in four years is the first time you have to find the strength within yourself. Yeah. And, and it's all on you. And that's an important thing that you need to learn right now. Oh, yeah. It's been, you've changed so much in four years as well. You are a completely different person than the last time you were single because of the relationships and also because of other things. Working on shit. I mean, working on things. And I think that's the main thing that people should take from this also is that 
you were in therapy for a really long time. You worked on a bunch of stuff. Now that you're not in therapy, you're still working on it. You have to take what you learned from that and it's forever working on it and being aware of yourself because you wouldn't be able to, you know, hedge your bets if you're feeling a little manic. If you weren't aware of your symptoms or how you feel when you're on your like upscale towards it. And I think that's such a big thing is just remember to like tap into yourself relationship or no writing is so important. Mm. Tapping into what's going on with you before you even talk to somebody else is also really important. And when I'm in a relationship, sometimes I really will fall off on my writing. Uh, and I'll, because I'll have somebody to talk to and I have somebody to kind of bounce off, bounce shit off of. But that also means that you don't deal with a lot of shit. Uh, that there's a lot of things that, like personally, things deep inside of you. Like you don't really th- figure shit out as well as you would when you're actually actively working on shit on your own. And I'm finding out some pretty intense shit about myself. Uh, I ride on the train pretty much. I ride by, to work and uh, to work and from work. And also when I'm at home, I'll ride for another like 30, 45 minutes to kind of just wrap up the day a little bit. Uh, but I'm finding out some shit about myself and discovering things because I'm using the, the tools that I used in therapy uh, that uh, my therapist used to kind of delve into my psyche and delve into like what what makes me me what makes me fucking tick and i'm using those tools on myself uh and i'm really figuring out some cool shit and not and when i figure out and this is very important when i figure out something that i don't like about myself when i figure out something that's wrong uh i don't hate myself for it. I don't immediately think like, oh, well, that's why I'm a piece of shit. That's why I need, that's why everything fucks up in my life. Uh, no, it's, I actually have to write down, do not hate yourself about this. Do not beat yourself up about this. You have identified it. And now that you have identified it, you can work on it and you can turn it into something positive. And that has, that has helped me so much to be able to not, um, double down on self-hatred and to not, hate myself at all really i mean a, a healthy amount uh, like, yeah, you know. like just a, a healthy amount to keep me grounded right uh but for the most part uh i'm keeping myself on a calm and even keel so far i've had a lot of tests in the last month and a half uh and i believe that i've passed them all a couple of them i passed with a d minus but still passing. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. still doing it. I, I still, I definitely, a couple of them, I eked by uh, getting through that shit. Um, but I still got through it. I passed the test. Uh, and in fact, I have, when I've, um, when I know that there's a harder time coming, uh, coming ahead of me, when I know I'm going to be tested, I first write down strategies for myself. I'd write down like, okay, these are the things that are going to happen. These are the things that I know I'm going to happen. These are the situations that I know I'm going to be faced with. And this is how I'm going to handle each and every one of them. And to keep and to have another little reminder is that I'll write one word on my hand. I'll write pass on my hand. Pass the test. Is that that's what I'll I'll look that and be like, I have to pass this. I, I have like I have no choice right now but to get past this. Um and 
of course, no one passes just such a weird word that no one's going to ask it, like test. Right. Someone's going to be like, oh, what the fuck, test? You got, kinda, test? You got a test? What kind of test you got? Uh, and then my you life. Got- <laughs> my whole life is a fucking test. Yeah, my whole life. Every day is a test. <laughs> what a terrible night for a curse. <laughs> Every fucking night. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if I just write pass on there, no one's really going to... No one's going to ask about that because pass is a very boring word. Yes. Uh, So no one's going to notice it. So if I know that there's something going on, I'll write that somewhere that I can see so I can just kind of look at it and be like, okay, yep, that's what I got to do. I can do it. I I can do it. This is what I have to do. This is how I stay focused. And this is how I don't fuck up my life. Hell yeah, man. I'm proud of you. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you very much. I'm feeling good. Not in a manic way. But no, no, no. Just good. Yeah, you know, you look great. Thank you. I, you, you both, you and Henry today have told me that I look. You said I, he said I, I looked uh, well. Effervescent? <laughs> I said effervescent, so I have the better vocabulary word. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, you want to get into today's <laughs> Let's questions? Let's do it. Wait, he said you look well? He said I look well, which is the best thing that he's, that's the best compliment <laughs> he's ever said about my appearance. He said my teeth still aren't the same, but he said I'm looking well. As opposed to looking sick. As opposed, Yeah, as opposed to looking sick. They always tell me how sickly I look. Oh, they're just jealous because you're thin. Mm, well, you know, I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here is our first Letter, what are we going to call this lady? Rip Runner. <laughs> Rip Runner. Rip Runner. Runner? Runner. 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 Rip Runner. Rip Runner. Yeah, I just imagine like someone like darting really fast and be like, hell yeah, look at that Rip Runner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello. 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> 2015 was a very fucking 2015 was very fucking long and tiring. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it yeah, was 2015 actually. was very long and tiring. Now it's 2016 and I'm trying to put all of that heartache behind me. But recently a looming toxic person has poked his head in again, my brother. My family is very close. I'm the youngest of five kids, four girls and one boy, and lucky enough to have both my parents married and still very much in love. We're not a rich family, but we love deeply. I hold a large amount of resentment towards my brother, however, for a multitude of things. He disowned us as a family after marrying a raging alcoholic and having two kids, then divorcing, then divorcing her, then divorcing her on our parents' dime. Then he disowned us again and went back to her. This is a six-year-old trend of him leaving, blaming us for everything and all the terrible things that we've done and the hurtful things that we've said from both sides and then coming back again when he needs help. Nearly a year after last hearing from him, he's in jail and leaving the woman, quote-unquote, for real this time and wants to mend the family again. My entire family is writing him and are trying this bad dream all over again and forgiving him. And I'm having a very hard time accepting anything from him this time, even with the pressure from my sisters to forgive him. In order to keep the peace, I'm going to write a letter to him as well. But I'm just going through the motions of forgiveness and it is killing me emotional. emotionally. I have no idea if I'm being too sensitive and should just get over myself or write him a letter with a big fuck you and face the wrath of my family. With love as always, Rip Runner. You don't gotta do shit. No, I think 
What I think uh, personally, I I have not dealt with this personally, but I have watched both my my mother and father go through this. It's that yes, your your family is all going to forgive him. You know that this is going to happen again. He is a toxic person, but also obviously he's got a lot of fucking issues. And the woman that he's married to is the insane toxic person mm-hmm. that is forcing him to do all of that stuff. Not that you should give him a free pass because that he's getting put into that position. I think that you should write him a letter and I think you should say exactly what you're fucking thinking. I mean, there's he's in jail. He's not going to be coming back around for a while. When he gets back out, he's going to get back together with the woman, unfortunately. It's going to happen. I mean, you know it's going to happen, and, and that's what happens with, like you said, the word toxic. That people are drawn to toxic people, and especially when it comes to family, you want the best for them, and you want to believe in the best for them. But unfortunately, when you're wrapped up in someone that is that soul-sucking, you can't see the real light. And... I mean, I'm sure that you guys have said stuff like this to him before, but I think you should stand your ground. Your your sisters aren't going to stop talking to you. Your parents aren't going to stop talking to you. They will definitely, you know, you guys will get into an argument about it. But I think that you should stick by your guns. Yeah. Because as much as your sisters are saying that they are, they completely believe him, do they? Do they forgive him? Is there a way for you guys to go, I don't know if... If it's the right place to go, either like group therapy to talk about this, or or an Al-Anon program, depending on you know if he uh, what it, whatever he's in jail for. But to, I mean, I feel like even if whether he's on drugs or not, an Al-Anon program is a good way to talk about someone that's toxic in your family and how do you deal with it. Yeah, and you shouldn't say fuck you. No, no it should be a, you should write a, a very. A thoughtful letter, very, very thoughtful, very even keeled. Say like, hey, listen, these are my concerns. This is what, you know, I'm kind of thinking, you know, I'm very unsure about you coming back. You know, of course I want you to, you're my brother, I love you, but I am unsure of what is going to happen. And it's possible that your family, because they're sometimes with families and when you've got a close family uh, and everyone does pretty good, but you've got that one fuck up, then a lot of people just shrug their shoulders and say like, well, you can't choose your family and you can't but you also don't have to just deal with them being a dickhead because it's not just because it's Jackie's right. It probably is that woman saying, cause I, I know this woman, I can hear this. We've woman. all seen these we've, relationships. We've all before. seen these relationships where it's like, you don't have, you know what? It's their fault. They don't love us. They don't love you because I guarantee you that's how she sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee, I guarantee you that is the, the accent that that woman has. Uh, and what you've got to do is you, I mean, it's a, it's a very hard situation because we've said it again and again on this show is that you can't live someone's life for them and you can't, be in someone else's relationship, you know, unless you're, you know, uh, a poly. Yeah, polyamorous. Yeah, <laughs> unless in you're, a pod. unless you're in a pod, uh, relationships involve two people uh, at their very basic level. I mean, there are also kids involved in this, but on a very basic level, from the very beginning, a relationship is two people. And you can't be in the room with him. You can't be there when she is convincing him to come back. Oh, my God, I love you so much. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to change. I'm going to do it for you and I'm going to do it for the kids. But also they use the kids as fodder. And that's not fair. No, they always like, don't you want to come back and be with our kids? You know, don't you want your kids to have a mommy and a daddy? And it's like, 
Um, well, you know what? That's not always the best thing. You know, it, it's they, you know people. Uh, I have talked to to multiple uh, people whose whose parents d- did not have the relationship that your parents have. They stayed together, but they fucking hated each other and they fought all the time. And they always say like, "Well, you know, we stayed together for the kids." Why? Why? Why did you? What you? All you did was you gave your kids uh, an unhappy chaos-filled childhood and that's not uh that's what not what you need to do that that's not what you you uh, it is better at least in my opinion uh from you know what i can decide what i can glean from you know people that have told me their personal experiences is that it's better for kids to have two different households and to you know just live the divorced lifestyle than for them to stay in a miserable screaming and yelling, throwing shit across the room, constant tension household. That's hell for a kid. That's not fun for anybody. Um, and I don't know. You've got, I think your, your brother might be uh, having that little fucking bug put in his ear and you've got to talk about that bug. Well, also my uncle was married to a, a toxic person and my aunt, just badmouthed the whole family and made up lies about all of the entire family mm-hmm. until he never talked to my mom ever again. And she's devastated, but there was nothing that she could do about it that she eventually, even though he would hit her up for money or hit her up for random things without his wife knowing. No, the wife can't know, so he would hit her up and she finally just had to cut it off. And it was devastating to her, but she had to because it wasn't good for her. It wasn't good for our family. It wasn't good. And she had to make that choice. And it's a hard choice to make, but she had to make it. And I think that if you write this letter, the main focus should be, I love you, but I don't forgive you. Yeah. And that's okay. If you were able to make a connection with his kids, if you've met his kids, I would say that's a good place to start. You know, fuck the wife. Try and never see her ever again. But try not to lose your niece, like your nieces or nephews about this either, you know, because they're not going to go anywhere. And, and you want to have that good connection with them, hopefully, or if, if you've ever met them before, which you might not have. Yeah, who knows? But maybe not I, you know, I love you and I don't forgive you, baby. I love I love you, and you will have to earn my forgiveness. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. And right now, I'm not as forgiving as everyone else in the family. Right. But because you do. You don't want to lose him, but you can't keep dragging yourself into this because all it is is toxic for you. Yeah. It's toxic for you, and it's toxic for your entire family. And if your brother has, at the very least, one person to work, to, one person to win over, you know, the rest of your family is like, "Yeah, come on back. It's totally fine." You're like, if if you are telling him, it's like you're coming back, but you're gonna have to win me over. Like you're gonna have to win me over. You're gonna have to stay away from that woman, uh, and because there's nothing wrong with being conditional, even with family. Like there, there's absolutely nothing wrong uh, with being conditional when it is uh, negatively affecting your life this much. That's fine. You can totally, you can give conditions to whoever you want to give them to. Uh, because I'm not, I don't believe that unconditional love exists. It, Unless it's a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Unconditional love does not exist. You know, it, it is, uh, everybody has conditions. Uh, and it, it, 
it's fine for you to have conditions or else for you your get brother. run over yeah you know or else you get run over or else you end up in an unhappy relationship you end up making uh you may end up making compromises that are unhealthy for you every relationship requires compromise every single one even if it's just a simple friendship it all requires compromise but if you're making compromises that are unhealthy to you and the people around you and are fucking you up on a daily basis that needs to stop you do not need to do that all right that's about all we got time for today we uh, will be back next week. If you got any questions for us uh, or want to comment on anything we've said today, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you all next week. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.